from the summit in San Antonio, Texas, the core presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Bill Boma and Jay Fletch. Today's topic, the professional client presentation for realtors. Hi, welcome. We are here for professional um, presentation with a client. We're going to be working on buyer presentations and seller presentations. So real quick, before we start, raise your hand if you have a seller presentation. Do you do a seller presentation? All right, put your hands down. Raise your hand if you have a buyer presentation. All right, that's great. Um, not everyone uh, had their hand up. If you do have a presentation, we're always needing to work on it. If you don't have one, you need to create one. If you have one, I change mine every year. I adapt. There's things that we learn. We add to that. All right. So we're all, and that's why you guys are here. I've changed mine every year. You guys need to do that. If you're not doing it, start with that. Um, real quick, most of you guys know me, know my story. Started out at 10 million before the core. Um, went up to 100 million. That's about the range I'm at right now. Um, working 70 plus hours. Now work about 50 hours. Um, I still remember the day, um, when I was not in the core. Everything around me and my business. I was at Disney with my family while I'm in the corner making all the phone calls, responding to all the leads, doing everything while they were enjoying Disney. This last month was my biggest month ever. I did 15 million in one month. Went on a two-week family vacation with no work. It can be done. You guys can do it, alright? It was a, it was not easy, and it's still not easy to just not pick up that phone and do it, but you can do it. Um, I do remember back to the days before the core too. I didn't have a presentation. I would just stroll into that listing with some comps. A listing agreement that sometimes had the correct names on it. Sometimes the comps were right. I didn't ask enough questions. Didn't pull the right information. So I was a mess um, on the buy side. Just like, I hopefully you guys aren't still that way, but I was a Pop-Tart realtor. You know, you got the call and you just went and ran. You barely even had the MLS sheet with you to run and show. I still remember, probably, there's some clients I probably showed 60, 70, 80 homes to. Probably never bought either. So, um, it's changed. We've changed exactly what we do and how we do it. And a lot of it is the preparation before that appointment, the actual appointment, being so professional in that appointment, and then we're going to talk about the class. But that has changed it. We run our, run like a business and make sure we're professional. If we don't have that presentation, if we're not there being professional with that presentation, how are these clients going to think they're actually going to present their house if you don't present yourself well enough? That's going to be a representation of what you do there. So, it is a joy to be up here with Jay. I still remember Jay at his first summit. I met him there. We've been really close. We talk a lot. We've been on calls. He is, when he puts his head down, he is the biggest and quickest implementer that I know. He has really shot up also. He implements so well in everything that he needs to do to the point where a couple weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, um, we were playing basketball. It was me and Jay against, we were playing against uh, Rick and Patrick. And I just told him, I said, shut Patrick down. Do not let him get the ball. Do not let him get the ball. He was doing everything in his power. He actually broke his finger trying to stop him. He was working so hard. And he did. He shut him down. So, um, But one other thing, one other thing about Jay. Um, he is, his closing percentage is ridiculous too. We're going to go over some of his closing skills. When he's at that listing appointment, when I was teaching, and when we were actually going over this class before we prepared it, and some of the lines that he was using on, on objections, you guys are going to hear him. I wrote them down, so I know you guys are going to be writing them down. Give it up for Jay Fletch. Hey, thanks, Phil. So, uh, 
Thank you, Phil. That was that was an honor. I can't tell you uh, how surreal it is to be here in front of you today and have Phil as as the person I'm teaching with. I the summit I came to Phil's talking about was here. I was wearing a hoodie and flip flops, and and Phil was one of the first people I gravitated towards. He's one of the first coaches I admired, respected, and I just wanted to follow. And Phil, I can't tell you enough how valuable you've been in my business, my family, and how important you've changed my life. And more importantly, what a great friend you are. You're one of my you're one of my closest friends. Appreciate it. And talking about changing listing presentations, I've changed mine four times since being in the core. Every time I've changed my listing presentation, Phil's one of the first people I bounce it off of. I've actually sent it to Dan. I've bounced it off Dan, Kendra, Dayton. Um, so I'm constantly changing my listing presentation. Right now, I'm in fact changing it again. There's several, there's several parts of it that I want to do. I am methodical about my listing presentation. My story with the core is very simple. I came down here, uh, 15 to 17 million, 80 to 100 units, no team. The core has instilled in me structure, system, in a very short period of time. Now I'm close to 17 members, 70 million, 220 transactions, and it's because of the systems, because of the structure, that's enabled me to make more, save more, give more. And that's what the core has done. And it evolves around the presentation, what you say when you get up there. My listing presentation, my buyer's presentation, is like Groundhog's Day. I'm telling you, it doesn't change when the, the message, the slides, what I say, my closings, my objections, it is methodical. The only thing I personalize on my listing presentation is anything I develop or obtain through rapport of asking questions prior to, during. That's the only changes I specialize in building the rapport and then bringing that back into it and weaving in, like we've been taught catering so much. And we've been taught calling our VIPs and weaving in what we know about them, their family, what we know about their kids. That's what I weave into my listing presentation. But besides that, everything else is Groundhog's Day. It is over, over, over. And I've got the challenge of going there and basically being on stage. Because this is the first time they're going to hear that presentation. I may have done it a hundred times last month, but this is the first time they hear it. This is the first time they're experiencing it. This is the first time they see me. So on the listing presentation, one of the biggest things I, I, one of the biggest things the core implemented and changed early on is I never had a questionnaire when they called in on that initial contact. I never had a pre-listing packet that I sent out prior to. I didn't do thank you cards. I didn't do honor calls. So we'll start with the first process of initial contact. I got the lifestyle questionnaire. I got the seller's questionnaire. I got all that from Phil on the first listing class I took. So I'm going to let you Phil take over, Phil, and just kind of talk about the initial contact, what your team does, the pre-listing packet, how do you set up the appointment. Because we all agree, you look at a football game, you win or lose in the locker room. You get that, right? It's not when you get on the field. You win or lose in the locker room. You win or lose in the preparation. You win and lose in the details before you ever step on the field. And I think Phil does one of the best in the core. I appreciate so it. Take away with Thanks, that. Jay. If you guys can turn to page 140. While, while you're going to that page, what Jay talked about, which I thought was great, was just having a process and a presentation and following it like Groundhog's Day. So you have to have 
a sheet in which you're gathering all the information, whether it's you or someone on your team. Everyone on my team, we use this sheet, so I'm going to go over it. And on this sheet, it allows us to pick up the items that Jay talked about that he can build rapport on so he can sell when you go into that presentation, okay? So I'm going to go through this and, and kind of look at some points. You can make some notes on here or notes um, on, a, on a blank piece of paper. So on this, it's, we call it it's like a seller processing sheet. The most important thing to find out, how did they hear about us? So many times we don't ask. We're just going into getting the information or scheduling the appointment. Even though they might have said they saw us from a sign or saw us um, online, we really want to dig in because if there is someone we need to thank for that referral, we need to make sure, number one, we thank that referral appropriately. We need to make a call and thank that. Rick talked about that the other day, making sure we're thanking for our referrals. The other thing, you can use that for a triangle for trust when you go into that appointment. So you need to know. My team needs to know because if I'm seeing the file sometimes for the first time, I need to know who was referred so I can use that triangle for trust in that presentation appointment. So make sure we're starting with that. Um, um, next is, obviously this is we're going to go over someone calling in on a selling for, for listing their house. Why are they selling? My team was just getting downsizing, upsizing. They weren't getting the exact reason. So you'll see on here, we need to make sure we know the exact reason, okay? Um, are they downsizing because their kids went to college? You know, are they downsizing because they're in not great medical health? Can they not take care of the yard? Um, do they, do they want maintenance-free property? We need to understand the re, the actual reason why they're downsizing, not just downsizing. You know, if they're upsizing as their family, are they expecting a child? Are, are there in-laws coming to live with them? Those are things we can sell on as we're building that rapport. So find out the true reason. That's what you sell on. That true reason of why they're making the move. So important. All right? Um, sometimes they want to be in a specific school district. So you need to know all those reasons and it really helps um, us knowing that. Okay? So just know to sell on that. Hey, Phil, who's, who's asking these questions? How does that, the like call comes in, thinking about selling the house, who's, who's taking these questions? So that's a great question. It could be, sometimes it's me, uh, sometimes it's my listing team, sometimes it's even my buyer's agent if they're having that first initial contact. So anyone on my team can take this sheet and do it, okay? They can do it. We talk about it all the time, but we have a few different people. Who does it on your team, Jay? Well, if, it come, if the calls come right into our office, it's going to be someone on my team. Anybody on my team can take that call. Uh, you know, our phones roll. So we have a primary person, but we will always catch the phone on the ring. So the secondary third person that captures that call has that form. Typically, it's my team taking it if it's a listing appointment. And typically, it's my team taking that call if it's a buyer appointment. Here's one thing that I do different, though. If my team takes that call, that person will get a call from me that day thanking them. And then I will probably ask a couple questions that have already been asked just so I can be engaged. But... If someone else takes it on my team, I make sure that I call that person and thank them for the appointment, thank them for answering the questions so they can hear from me. I think that's a great point. I was not doing that. I was getting involved more in the lead process. If I did not talk to them initially, I made a phone call so it wasn't seeing them or talking to them for the first time at that appointment. If you're not doing it, change it, add it to your process. It takes about five minutes. And we got to make 30 calls anyway, so it just adds to that list. It makes it a little bit easier to make those outbound phone calls. A couple more calls you can add to that list. Okay? And note that you've got to be more involved in the process. If you're losing these buyer consultation appointments, if you're losing these listing appointments, it's probably because they think it's too much of your team. I've literally had one in the last two weeks where it took me four hours to call them back and thank them for calling that. And when I called them back, 
they said that they've talked to two other agents, and they've talked to their teams, and they haven't heard from the agent yet. And that was one of the distinguishing factors I got that, I got that listing, because they actually heard from me. They actually heard from me. Other thing that we do on this questionnaire, and I know Phil does it because I've talked about it before, my team's instructed to say my name at least four times in that conversation. So at least four times. So if it's something simple as, hey, Jay would really like to know why you're selling. Where are you, where are you going after this? What are you doing? And so constantly bringing my, my name in because now it's basically edifying me. It's edifying me through the process. Do that anytime your team is talking, whether it's this initial one, follow-up, contract to close. They need to make sure they're weaving your name in there. So I think that, I got that from you. Yeah, it's huge. If, I mean, if, if not, they think you're just out of the process. And as we continue to grow our teams, our teams have to help us stay in that process. Next thing, find out who is on title. We need to make sure we ask that. Who is on title with you? I, I had a situation, and this was before we asked this question. It was not fun. I went to a listing appointment. Her husband passed away. Crossing a name off of a listing agreement when someone just lost their spouse is not good. It was not good. All right, find out. Our state is a marital state, so if they get married, that new spouse needs to be on title. I would rather it be nice, typed up nice and neat, rather than me scribbling somebody's name on it. So ask, make sure they're asking who is on title. They just need to set you up for success so the more information uh, that they can get, the better it's going to be. This next one is huge. Find out as much information as you can on the home. It is really, for me, this is huge because sometimes that person taking that inbound call is not the same person pulling the comps. The way you can get the most effective comps, find out their square footage. I don't know about your state or your town. Our tax records are wrong more than they're right. So we can't rely on just wondering if that is right. There's times, and I go back to, again, before asking this question, I've gone to someone's house. They finished the basement. I had no idea, so I had no basement comps. Okay? Asked, did they add square footage? Was it permitted? For us, it's big in our state too. It needs to be permitted if they're adding that square footage for us to be able to count it. Bedrooms, bathroom count. We have some rural areas where they're on well and septic. We need to find out. Okay, all those bedrooms, are there a septic big enough? We can only advertise the amount of bedrooms per that septic tank. So asking all the questions. Um, one other thing I like to ask too is, what is your thoughts on the price? I always like to get their idea on the price just so that, you know, if they think it's 800 and we pull comps and it's 500, probably going to have a conversation before I drive out 30 minutes to their house. Is there something else that they add? Is something we were missing? Maybe I'll relook at comps. That's when my team will send it back to me. If those aren't close, then that's when I relook at it. Hey, guys, okay. I, I do a lot of one-time listing appointments. And, and it's so vital that this information collection, this is really what we're coaching and training on all the time with my team is asking these questions, improvements, bedrooms, baths. We need that because I like a one-time list appointment because a lot of times in my marketplace, you don't get a second chance. You don't get to come back and say, oh, I had you at 3,000 square feet. I didn't realize you put in an outbuilding, a pool, a gazebo, a sunroom. So I'm constantly, because if they just tell me the square footage, they might not tell me some improvements that will add value. And then I'm sitting there about to present the CMA, a presentation to them, telling them their value is 300 when the reality is it's 350 and then the next agent's going to get that deal. And here's, here's how it's literally on, and I won't pick on, the, there's a level three student that um, we, we had listing presentations literally last week. I went in there with a one step. The other two agents came before me. They're both before me. 
The second one, I went in there on Sunday. And specifically right up front, she said, I'm not going to sign anything. And here's one of my best lines. I'll give it to you right now. This is a Groundhog's Day line. I said, <laughs> I said, no worries. The last thing I'm going to do today is ask you to sign something. Because you know what the last thing I'm going to do? I'm going to ask them to sign the listing agreement. So I say that every time. Hey, I want you to be really comfortable about the process. I want you to get to know me. I want you to know our marketing. And I want you to be really comfortable through this whole thing. The last thing I'm going to do is ask you to sign something. It's Groundhog's Day. Because what did I just do? I just lowered their wall. I lowered their wall. Now they can be more comfortable with me. Because they don't think I'm going to sell them something. They don't think I'm going to make them sign a contract. We'll talk about words. You should never call it a contract. It's an agreement. Those things put triggers up, flags up, walls up. I want these people super at ease, comfortable, walls down. Last thing I'm going to do is ask you to sign something. Here's where it goes. The other agent, good agent, top agent, had to come back because they did some improvements. They finished off half the basement. Our tax records don't show it. So they finished off half the basement. And I would have probably hip-checked it and said, well, basement square footage, let's just add this. Let's adjust it on the fly. I went in for the sign. This agent on their calendar was the level three student name, time they're meeting, and date. I left with the listing appointment. I told them I'll call and cancel that appointment for them. So I wrote that down, that ask the sign. Write that down. One thing that I, I do, I'm the one step close to, um, we are right probably 99% of the time on the comps. The one thing I bring in my presentations on my iPad, I can re-pull comps. So I always have my iPad. Have backups, okay? Have backups. I have my iPad. Uh, for some odd reason, and we're going to talk about objections, if we're off on the price, I get everything else signed, initial the price, I'll go back, we'll talk about it. I leave getting it signed. If there's anything we didn't figure out, they don't know the date. We'll initial the date. We'll talk about that later too. We'll do that later. Okay, we'll figure that out later. Let's just commit to this right now. We can start, my team can start going to work for you. So that's what I do. We go ahead and get it signed. Here's another thing. Um, when we're doing that seller intake, we sometimes never used to ask this question. Where are your plans? Where are you going next? I was so focused on the sell because I'm a listing agent. I, I, I lost, and that's the reason why I add this to it. I lost a listing because I went there. I did not get it signed, which doesn't happen too often. So um, my conversion has definitely increased. It does happen. I'm joking. Um, but I always follow up and try and find ways. Why Why didn't I earn your business? What could I have done different? And one of them said, you didn't even ask me about my buy. You did not talk about my buy. The other agent talked about the whole picture. So find out where they're going next. It gives you another opportunity to sell, too. Well, I, don't, I mean, I was like, why am I so stupid? So I know if I'm not asking, you guys might not be asking. You guys, that's a big nugget there. That you can double your business. Are you bringing, on your listing appointments, are you bringing a buyer rep agreement and your buyer, your buyer consultation, all your buyer stuff? I've had many listing appointments where I've scheduled an hour and they've gone three hours and I've left with the listing and I've left with the buyer agency, even though it would have been one of my agents working with them. But I'm the one that did the consultation right there because they're ready. And vice versa, you should bring a listing agreement and your listing presentation to your buyer consult appointments. I There's do, always opportunity for two. I do that every time. If we know and get committed on the buy, we have the buy typed up nice. Every one of my seller packages have a blank buyer's agency agreement in there. Blank. 
Because if I if they didn't if we didn't get enough information or didn't get them committed, I'm signing both up just to get them committed on both ends. When they're in the mood to sign, let them sign a whole stack of papers, okay? Get, it, get them signed up on everything so you can go to work on both ends. Again, I never had that. I learned from mistakes. Another opportunity, if they are moving out of state, a perfect opportunity to make a referral. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, so any referrals that say they're moving there, have them call me. I will pay you a referral fee, okay? We have a whole network of realtors here in the core. Another great referral... All right. A lot of your lenders lend in different states to keep up that great relationship with your lender. Make call your lender. Hey, do you do you lend in Texas? Do you lend in North Carolina? Find that out. You can you can refer them. If not, again, we have a network of core lenders. Keep in that network. Make a little extra money. Add that value. We need to make sure we're adding that extra value. All right. So next, we're going to go from hey taking the intake from the seller to taking the intake from the buyer. Okay, that first initial contact on the phone. Our lifestyle questionnaire is several pages. It's, it's, it's pretty long. Um, we don't hit everything on that first call, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch base on a few items to make sure that we're going we're gonna to touch base on. Again, how did they hear about us? How did they hear about us? Make sure we're getting that for that triangle for trust. All right. Do they have a home to sell is the next question. My buyer's agents weren't asking that question. They were asking it way too late in the process. They're showing homes. They get them interested in a home, and they're like, oh, i got to sell my house first. I would rather get in front of them and get both agreements signed sooner. So make sure your buyer's agents, if they're not asking, do you have a home to sell? Again, two opportunities to make sure we're doing that. So we ask that way, way initially in the process. That'll get their timeline down. If they're in a rental, what's that lease look like? So you have an idea of where that time frame. We need to understand their time frame. All right? Again, knowing what they want in that new house. Just like we're getting information on the selling side. All right? Any family info? Is school district important? making sure we're gathering all their information. If they have a current house, I'm always like, what, do you, what are the things you really like about this house that's going to help me sell your house? What are the things you don't like about that house? I won't use that to, and to, to help sell it. It's going to help me find your new house. What don't you like? What do you really want in that new house? To me, it's super important. I want to make sure that we get two must-haves, non-negotiable must-haves from each spouse. Hopefully, they're, they're close and not totally opposite, not one wanting a big house, one wanting a small house, all right? So hopefully we get the spouses aligned, but they might have different important things. So there should be four separate things are must-haves. So you can keep going back to those must-haves as you or anyone on your team are showing those properties. So find out the must-haves, okay? Have you spoken to a lender? Again, a great opportunity to get them in touch with a great referral. I, I don't want myself or anyone on the team, and I don't want you guys doing it, taking anyone out, show property unless they're qualified. All right. I, and again, I don't say, are you qualified? I say, have you spoken to a lender? All right. I want to make sure that everything is aligned. I want to make sure that, you know, you can get the payment that you're looking for. All right. Maybe you can afford a little more house than you're thinking. We can get all four of those must-haves instead of having to drop one out. So I want to get them in touch with that lender as soon as possible so we know where we're at. I mean, it's not fun when you show them a bunch of properties and they think that's their price point and then they realize they can't qualify. Or you show them and then you realize... You just showed them a bunch of properties at 400 and they can spend 600 like, yes, that's the house I want right there. That's 600000 in our house. So find out, get them in touch with that lender right away. The other thing I use, and your markets are probably the same way that mine is. I'm like, the market is so tight right now, I can't start showing you houses until we have that approval in hand. Because if you fall in love with that house, it's going to be seconds or minutes that I need that approval letter. I would rather have all of our ducks in a row so we're ready to go to work and get you that house. Okay? I can't have all my weapons without you having that approval letter. So... If you really want that house, we're going to need that approval letter. All right? Jay, anything on the initial 
contact that you can add in there before we're going to, we're going to do some table work and let them talk about what they what they're going to change, what they're going to do. Any anything that you can add on that? No, not re- add. Just recap. I, I think again, really apply the fact that you've got to be in that process at some point. Either a personal call from you, your team saying your name, because you want to own the lead. And the more you're in it, the higher your conversion is going to be. That one step alone, just being more involved, your conversion is going to be a lot higher. Cool. I'm going to have you guys around your table. All right, we're going to go shortest hair first. Talk about what you're going to add to your process. Do you have a seller intake sheet, a buyer intake sheet? Um, what information are you not getting you need to add? Changes you're going to make just from this first initial contact section, okay? Great stuff, some other questions. So we're going to go around the table and anything that you guys had that was not on our, our list of that initial contact, any questions you had, there were some questions here that we can chat about. Um, so one other thing we do, and I, and I kind of gathered here, is I said, hey, you send out paperwork, do you do anything else after? So we send out a pre-listing video. Some people do a pre-listing package, pre-listing video. So once we get the information, I think before that meeting, I think, again, something needs to be sent, all right? We send a pre-listing video. I send out a video. All right, I don't send documents, video. Um, to me, it gets to them quicker. Um, people love videos. We have added videos to the process, and we're going to talk about that there. Um, we're going to start with um, here, and then we'll come around there. Okay, because we have Mike here. Jeremy. We were talking at the table about uh, we send our listing and buyer agreements ahead of time. Okay. And we prepare them. So we don't, we, we're in the Houston market, so it's huge, right? So I'm not going to go drive 45 minutes to deliver a pre listing packet necessarily. But we send all of our documents ahead of time. There's a part of our pre-listing video is, you know, lowering those defenses like Jay said. Say, hey, you don't, you know, just, you don't feel obligated to sign anything, you know, just for your review. And then when, when we get there, we, we could talk about it. I have a one page amendment that we get signed to, to finalize the deal. And they can, they can just push and click on DocuSign. You know how powerful that is if you're working with the C? You know how many times you go into a listing presentation, one of them is the C, and they haven't seen anything ahead of time? And you can either sit there longer and let them read it, or you can send it to them ahead of time to read it. The, the C's love getting that. And our pre-listing packet, we send them the listing agreement ahead of time as well. And a lot of times you'll know when the C gets there because they'll have it ear-tabbed, highlighted. What's this mean? Can I cross this out? Why is this in here? It's super powerful. All right. Dan. We sure we're going to get the mic to Dan? <laughs> yeah, um, this is actually something Jay told me to do about a year ago. And last week it happened. Uh, a guy called said, I want to sell my house. I'm in town. I'm a broker from Colorado. I'm interviewing four people. I went, met with him, used Jay's old presentation, went pretty quick. We were done. And on the way out, I stopped around the corner, and I sent him a a short video, a thank you, honor video for having me come by. It was 15 seconds. When When he called me to give me the listing, he said, my wife and I watched that little video, and we loved it. That's great. Add something before, after. Um, one other thing that Dan just talked about there, I'm going to add. So anytime they say they're interviewing agents, that's not a question we ask, but if they come up and say it, my team is set or myself, who are you interviewing? I get their name and information, and I pull my stats against their stats, and I have it prepared. So, And I tell them that when I bring it there. I said, hey, if i got a buyer that's ready to buy your house, and they're looking at three other houses, I'm going to have all the comparison of why they should buy your house. I do the same thing here. This is why you should pick me. Sign here. 
Alright? Have all your stuff prepared. If you know they are talking to someone else, you know they're talking to someone else, have all your stats ready. How do you compare? Alright? What are you better? Are you, your days on market shorter than theirs? Um, are your average price point, your square foot better? You're something that you're better at that other agent. Have you sold, you know, 50 houses, they've sold one. Alright? Have all your stats ready. Alright? Give you some more opportunity to close that deal one time. Alright? Um, so I do majority of the uh, scheduling. So um, to have a follow-up call, if I don't get the questionnaire filled out, to have uh, my assistant introduce herself and then fill out the questionnaire. So I have all that information when I go in. I don't do that. I'm just making the appointment. Oh, you're going to change that? Yeah. Awesome. So we have it set up. When we take this intake form, it is the first thing in the file. So if I have to open it and I haven't taken it and didn't really get a chance to just call them quickly to just introduce myself, it's there. It's on my calendar on my phone. Like all that information is right there. They have the sheet attached there. They have it in the file. Like they set me up for success. So if it's lost somewhere, I can easily pull up all this information. So make sure your team that doesn't just take it in and doesn't, there's got to be a way that they get it to you too for that presentation. So. So what do you include in the pre-listing video? So my pre-listing video just kind of introduces myself, the team, um, just so they see me face, by, see my face. It's really just, hey, this is the process. I also ask them to have documents ready. I ask them to have their deed ready. If they have an old appraisal so I can get the exact square footage, um, any HOA documents, um, any pertinent information that's going to really help me. Do they have a survey? Um, do they have the septic permit? If the property's in a trust, have your trust ready. So and just having them prepared. So the cool thing about that video going out, when I walk in that house and they have all the documents laid out on the table, I'm like, I'm in. No. It's done. You, you so I, here, just sign here. I don't even have to do anything else. So You understand yeah. if there's a key on the table, there's <laughs> a good I, chance you're signing that yeah. and it's yours to lose. Yeah. I mean, you really got to screw it up if they got a key on the so table. So that's why we tell them to have a key ready, make copy of a key. So everything that I want ready for them so I know when it's in there and either whether it's myself or whoever takes it in saying, hey, we're going to send you a video. Make sure you look at it. There'll be some documents that you can have ready to make the appointment process a lot quicker and easier. Henry, so, do you got a point? That's a great question. Um, one thing that I do always is just write thank you notes after each listing. So it's in the listing file, so that way when I'm ready to go after I'm done with there, I can just fill in a couple things in that, in that pre-written note, and then I just drop it in the mailbox. Yes, write that down. Thank you note in the pre-listing file. So I keep one in my pre-listing file. I also have a stack of thank you notes already have postage on it in my truck. So that way, if it's not in the thank you file, which it shouldn't be, I mean, if they made, I mean, it should be there every time unless they made a mistake, but that way I can do it. Like what Henry said there, it's already in the thank you file. He can literally leave that appointment, put a few things on there that would reference what they just discussed, weaving back in their life, getting that out right away, so powerful. I think that's great. I don't have it in the file. My team prepares it. I still do a thank you note. But it's, again, one more process. If they have it already in there ahead of time, wait. I mean, and that just shows you I am always looking to improve, too, and figure process. If it can be in the file already, there's no way. So I sign a thank you note whether they sign up with me or not. I'm sure you guys are the same way. If they don't, if they don't sign up with me, obviously I'm still doing one, so they get another. There's Most realtors out there aren't after the appointment. If they don't get it, they're not sending a thank you note for that appointment. So I send a thank you note whether I sign them up or don't sign them up. Okay, so it's in the process both ways. I'm going to add it to the file. That's great. How reminded me of something cool that we do to take it a little bit of a step further on the thank you note. After any listing appointment, they sign or they don't sign, 
The actual thank you note is a picture of me with a sold sign and a selfie stick with their house in the background. So I just kind of personal That's little awesome. touch, assuming that I'm going to sell their house. Pretty cool. No, you're not assuming. You're confident you're going to sell their house. You know you are. That's awesome. That's great. Add that, too. That's another one. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm actually writing that one down. That is a... So that's a subliminal assumption close right there. I've heard of other agents actually bringing the sold rider with them on the appointment and saying you're going to need this after they list after they sign it. That's uh, that's powerful. All right, so we talked about all the information we have to take in to set yourself up for success. The better you are at that, the easier it is for your team to tee you up to hit that home run at the presentation. So. Jay's going to talk about the actual presentation. We're going to, he's going to talk about the seller presentation, and then I'm going to talk about the buyer presentation. So let him know about your seller presentation, Jay. So the actual presentation, again, a lot of the stuff we just got done finishing discussing leads into that, uh, that presentation. I am a big believer in you win and lose inside the locker room. I'm a big believer when I watched the last uh, Ronda fight, you could tell she was going to lose the fight before she even got in the ring just on her demeanor, her body language, her mindset, and that fight was, what, 30, 40 seconds? She lost before she stepped in the ring. So the most important part about the listing presentation to me or the buyer consultation, the most important part about the presentation is before you get there. The mindset, knowing what, knowing what you're going there for. So all the things you do ahead of time, pre-listing packet, these initial contact, what we just discussed, the thank you notes, Everything up front is to set you up for success. My pre-listing packet has a resume in there. It has an article in there. It has evidence of success. It has my most recent letter of the heart. My listing pack, my pre-listing package is delivered either carrier, same day, to their work. If we set the appointment up in the morning and I've got it in the evening, my team will drive it over there if it's short time or we'll overnight mail it but they will get it a hard copy pre-listing packet with a bunch of stuff in there. It's got different sizes, different shapes, high gloss, black and white copies. It is, when you open it up, it's like stuff flies everywhere. And the reason why that is, again, the reason why that is, I want it to be memorable. I know other agents are sending pre-listing packets. Not many. I mean, that one step alone We'll, we'll get, that one step alone will put you ahead of most of the people in the marketplace. But now you got to be one step ahead of the people that are sending listing packets ahead of time. So mine's got, like I said, Evan's success, pull cards. It has examples. Some of the stuff in there, too, is where I'm going to be selling them. One of my evidence success that I do sell, send ahead of time shows what my list-to-sell ratio is compared to the market. My list-to-sell ratio compared to the market. I'm delivering things ahead of time that they want to know. Because here's the thing. When I get to the appointment and when I'm walking up to that house, I want to know I've got it before I even get in there. It's a lot easier appointment. It's, it's just a lot easier. So key thing is uh, showing up time. Showing on time is big. I've lost a listing because I didn't show up on time. Um, oh, I have to. Who else has? Raise your hand. Just for not being on time. All right. Guys, think about think about that that mistake costs you. For something as simple as being on time, think what that mistake costs you. That costs you a lot. Do you really need to go on another listing presentation for practice? I mean, does anybody really need to practice this? If you need to practice it, do it in front of your team, so it doesn't cost you anything. 
Do it in front of your dog or the mirror. So it doesn't cost you. So I showed up. Um, it was a referral. That's the other thing that makes it even harder. It was someone that was referred to me. So it should have been a lay down in a sense. should have been high conversion. It wasn't a cold. It was a referral from one of my army buddies. Um, happened to be a colonel. <laughs> Funny thing about it is, you know, you got, you got brass and you got us grunts. You know, there's always a, there's a, there's a separation there as it is. Uh, so I show up. I think I'm on time. Appointment's at six. I'm there at six. I'm late. You understand if you're not early, you're late. So I justified that appointment when I got back to my office. And they said, what happened? I said, what do you think I said? I said, the guy's ridiculous. I mean, he's ridiculous. He was upset. said I was late. I was on time. And he hammered me. And one of my favorite football players, coaches of all time, is Vince Lombardi. And Vince Lombardi started always with, if you're not 15 minutes early, you are late. you got to be early. I'm early for every appointment. I'm intentionally early now. I am walking up to the door at least five minutes. I am on their doorstep at least five minutes early. I am parked outside their front house at least 15 minutes early. i got ten minutes before I leave the car and walk up. In that ten minutes, it's all mindset. It's triggers. You guys know what a trigger is? NLP? Mylon? I'll explain real quick what a trigger is. Real quick. If you constantly do something really well over and over and over and over again, and you reinforce it with a trigger, whether that's some type of motion, some type of word, some type of action, if you do that, you can reinvoke that emotion at will. Have you ever seen a pro athlete show up at the game, all relaxed and whatnot, but when they step on the field, they're a different person. They're completely different. It's setting triggers. So I take that 10 minutes, set a trigger. I send my, I set a trigger that I've, I specifically have for listing presentation. It puts me in the right time of mind or frame. The other thing I do is I remind myself why I am there. Write that down. Remind yourself why you are there. So how do I do that? And it goes back to one of the biggest reasons why I joined the Corps. Some of you know my story that before the Corps, I stopped in to do one more email. One more, I'm not going to say fax, I don't think it was fax, but one more email. And my daughter was five, and I just ran in the office, going to be there just, honey, it's going to be one second, I know this is our time together, one second, put her on the couch in the lobby, I'll be right back, my office right around the corner, can't have you come in with me because i got to make a call too while I'm doing this email. Five hours later, I come out. She's sleeping in the lobby. I forgot about her. Do you think I remember where I'm from? I remind myself of the time I'm sitting at a gas station on Highway 65 on my way to a listing appointment, and I'm counting pennies to put gas in my car to get to it. When most agents probably would have just not gone because no gas in your car is a pretty good excuse not to go. I ran out of gas a block away after I left that house, just far enough that I could park so they didn't leave and see my vehicle and called a friend. That 10 minutes 
is the most important 10 minutes of my listening presentation before I walk up there. I remind myself that I'm here today because if I don't leave and get this appointment, if I don't get this signature, I failed my daughter, I failed my team, I failed the core, I failed them all. Because does that check mean something for my daughter's life? Does that check mean something for the two little girls named Ivy and Ava that work for my RP1? I remind myself why I am there. And then I go in the house. You want to increase your closing percentage? You want to increase your conversion? Walk in there with passion. Walk in there with fire. Walk in there with determination. And then be yourself. Whatever that takes for you, you have to have that mindset before you step into that house. All right? You have to have, remembering where you came from, that whatever it is, you need that confidence when you step in there because whatever demeanor you have is going to come off, all right, in that presentation. So it's huge. That's what Jay uses. You need something. I still remember, I mean, as we continue to increase our price points and we might be in that, that you know, multi-million dollar house for your first time, your confidence level might not be there because you know, hey, I've never done this before. But your confidence level needs to be there. It will as you continue to do more and more and more and more. But just have the confidence even before you go in there, that next level. I mean, I still remember when I first started getting into that, you know, higher price points. It, my confidence wasn't there. But it's the same thing. You guys know what you're doing. Have that confidence. Go in there with the mindset that I'm walking out with a signed listing agreement. I know I sell this house. I just need to get this listing agreement signed. Okay? Have that mindset. Have the confidence when you walk in there. Your confidence is going to come across to the clients. All right? Um, and that's what's going to allow them to sign, do a one-step close. So, at the door, five minutes early, ring the doorbell, knock. I usually take a couple steps back. I'm going to rattle a lot of stuff that I do. So, you know, stay up to speed, write stuff down. You'll have the opportunity to ask you know, questions and, and whatnot, and I think most of it will come around objections and scripting. I uh, ring the doorbell, knock, take two steps back. I'm methodical about my appointment. I'm telling you, I'm very methodical about it. Take two steps back. I want to give them some breathing room because I don't know they're spatial. They open up the door. I'm smiling. I greet them, say hi. The appointment's been confirmed. I reconfirm it. I'm like, we're still on, right? Yeah, Jay, your team just called two hours ago, confirmed it, or called this morning. Cool. And then I, I stand there until either they ask me to come in or I say, can I come in? I always take my shoes off. Always. Even when they tell me I can keep them on. And sometimes I regretted doing that. But um, <laughs> I, I always take say, my shoes I, I usually ask. And, you know, and there's sometimes even when they tell you to take them off and you don't want to because it's, it's the same way. You regret having to do that. But, hey, you got, you got to do it. You got to do what you got to do to get that thing signed. I take my shoes off outside, too, before I step in. Even when it's 48 inches of snow in the last 30 days and it's freezing. <laughs> Always. Because I don't know if that rug they have, a lot of, you know a lot of people don't use their front door. And I don't know if that rug they have is super special or has sentimental value or is very valuable. And I don't want to step on there with some ice, snow, mud. And now I just lost the appointment because I didn't take my shoes off. So initially, pleasantries. I ask them how their day is going. I ask them how much time they have. 
I retry to reconfirm how much time we're going to have today. And then ice go immediately into taking down their guard, developing rapport, and establishing authority. Now talk about establishing authority. So, if they are quick to tell me to walk through the house, they say, let's go walk through the house. If they bring that up, I say, let's go to the kitchen. If they say, let's go to the kitchen, I say, I'd like to walk through your house first. I'm establishing authority right now. It's my appointment, not their appointment. I'm the listing agent. I'm the one that knows what I'm doing. I establish authority. I always ask for them to get me something to drink. Always. Always, always, always. Coffee, water. I usually say, hey, I'm, do you have anything to drink by chance? Water, coffee? So I'm asking them to get me something to drink. What will they almost always say? And they'll go get it for you. What did I just do? I'm programming them. I'm programming them to serve me. I'm programming them to say yes. I'm programming when I ask them to do something, to do it. Because will I be asking them to do some things to sell their home that they may not want to do? Take down the wallpaper, paint that bathroom. So I'm programming them early on. So whether I'm at the kitchen table or whether I walk through their house, I am immediately looking for rapport building items, rapport building points, things I can weave in the conversation. If I had to direct them to the kitchen table, I'm, I quickly go, I quickly just do kind of a mini introduction. I kind of go back with some of the questions we already got, why they're selling, what their plans are, and then I go, can I walk through your house before we go into everything else? The reason why I want to walk through their house quickly is because it gives me an opportunity for rapport. I already know bedrooms, vast square footage. Okay, you're not taking measurements. You're not doing all that stuff when you're walking through your house. You're walking through the house, and I'm literally walking through the house going, okay, I see two kids in a skiing pitcher. I see a cabin. I see a boat. I see a captain's hat. And then I start asking questions about that. I'm throughout the house. It's about 75% questions about them, their life, and letting them answer and talk. And it's about 25% sprinkling in a question about the house that I probably already know. Hey, is your furnace in great work in order? Well, it's 32 below. Yes, it works just fine. I can feel the heat. I already know the answer to that question. And I like to ask, ask questions I don't know the answer to that might be pertinent to the conversation we're about to have. After that's done, I get us back to the kitchen table or the living room that has the nice coffee table on it. I try to let that so most where they're going to have their guard down. I think kitchen tables are the most powerful. Uh, living room can get a little bit awkward when you're trying to sh- demonstrate stuff. But I like kitchen table. I got my water. I got my coffee. And I just start a conversation with them. And the conversation usually leads into my presentation. And in my presentation, I typically start with why they're selling again. That's where I start. I want to get their why back out. I want them to repeat their why several times. Why they're selling. And I go in, why did you choose me? To come out here. I'm looking for what they want in an agent. Some of those questions are going to be during rapport building. 
What do they want in an agent? I typically ask them, did they have any bad experiences? Have any bad experiences? Yeah. See, last house we sold, we had someone leave the door open while we were out of town. Came packed, pipes were frozen. Probably going to put a different style lockbox on that, or I'm going to put in the file when I talk to him about, so this is the part that changes from the Groundhog's Day. So I'm going to talk to him about what we do for lockbox and what we do for showings. I'm going to talk to him about the showing process. But if I found out that their last agent left the door open when it was 32 below and the pipes froze because they're out of town, guess what I might add as a value-added service? I say, you know what? After every showing, your office is only two miles away. I will send one of my staff members to make sure the door is shut. Did I just get that listing appointment? That's the part that I change. The other things I'm doing here is, have you guys ever heard about modeling? Modeling? So modeling is real simple. And you can use the disk in modeling. You start using the disk where you can profile people very quickly. Modeling works like this. If you know you're working with a C that likes to process things and slower, then you slow your speech down and you talk more about stats. You say, hey, my list to sell ratio is 98%. That market six ninety 96%. That's 2% better. If you know they're a D, you speed up your speech, you get to the point, and you say, look, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to sell your house for more money and faster. That's what a D wants to know. Boom, done. Sign here. So modeling is basically reflecting back what they are. People want to do business with people they know, like, and trust, right? So if they're sitting back in their chair, you can sit back in your chair. If they're crossing their arms... You cross their arms. You have to gain the connection with them non-verbally, eyesight, mimicking them without making it look like copycat. And then, once you've gained the connection, and you should know this, you'll know this, now you can take them out of that mode. So if you know they're sitting back, arms crossed, and they're kind of looking down, they're not signing a listing agreement at 6.10 when, I'm, when they're in that state. By 6.35, I have them leaning forward, arms uncrossed, sharing more. Because I took them out of that state and worked them through it. I'm telling you, I think about all this stuff in my presentation. I walk through all that. It's so important. Then, the presentation itself, company, talk about the company, talk about myself a little bit. Very little about myself. Very, very little about myself. This is why the pre-listing packet was sent. Here's how I talk about myself. Hey, were, did you have a chance to review the pre-listing packet before I came here? Is it going to be yes or no? Yes, great. Did you have a chance to review my resume? And then now I take approach where I say, because I'm just not a big fan of talking about myself, because every agent you talk to, they're number one. Every agent. I don't know how we have so many number ones in our marketplace. <laughs> now, you know what I just did there? See what I just did there when I brought that up? I just literally put the other agent in a different position. Because if they are talking to another agent, they're going to go look at their marketing. You know, I'm number one in my office. Like, yeah, Jay said that. Jay, Jay said they all think they're number one. I don't want to be number one. I don't tell people I'm number one, even when I am number one. 
in my marketplace or my office. There's another agent in my, in my office that tells people they're number one and she's actually in my office and she's not even close. And I go on listing presentations against her all the time. It doesn't bother me anymore. Because you can set stuff up. Then I talk about what we do for services. And I talk about, I, I spend most of my time describing what a commodity is, describing what all agents do, and describing what we do a little bit better. I'll have a five-minute conversation about a yard sign. How many of you guys put a yard sign in the property? Oh, you put a yard, wow. You talk about the yard sign in your presentation? Most people don't. So why would I talk about the yard sign in mine? Here's why. Think about this. This is kind of what I say when I'm sitting there. I say, you know what? A lot of real estate agents, their marketing plan, and this is something I say about five times in the presentation. A lot of real estate agents, their marketing plan is just this. Put a yard sign in the ground, sign the listing, put it on MLS, and wait for a professional like me to sell it. That's their marketing plan. Now watch some of this stuff. Nonverbal language, wait for a professional like me to sell it. For those on the recording, what you don't see is I gesture my hands to motion towards me on the word professional. Now, we take it to the next level. It gets dark in Minnesota after 5 o'clock during the winter. We thought of this. On our yard signs, we have solar panel lights. So when you're driving through the neighborhood at 5.30, you can see the sign. There might be eight homes listed in that neighborhood, and most people work until 5, 5.30, and by the time you get through traffic and snow, you're not driving out until about 6. What real estate sign are you seeing four months all the year? Only mine. So that's why I talk about that. I talk about those things that other agents don't do. I just, I, wrote, I just yeah. wrote that down. Hey, obviously, even if it's six, seven, eight, nine o'clock, whenever it is, I have a light. If you know, it's, that's just huge. Just again, one more thing, just to differentiate yourself. Jay, is that the company you use? It's, it's not. There's there's a local guy that decided to start a company, but there's a lot of different vendors where you can buy either the ones that go on yard signs, or you can buy the solar power ones that shine up. In our marketplace, it'd be tough because snow would cover them up. But so we use the ones that go down. But you get the, the point here, and it's not about having solar-powered signs that they can see it. That's not the point here. The point is you have to differentiate yourself. You have to give them a USP, a unique selling proposition. Why would I hire Jay? Why hire him? We do a pre-listing inspection. One of the reasons I do a pre-listing inspection, I want that, I want that seller to know that I'm really good at negotiating. So I bring up the pre-listing inspection to demonstrate I'm really good at negotiating. Most agents won't do a pre-listing inspection because it's expensive. They don't want to shell that money out, especially before they got something. I do it ahead of time and say, hey, one of the value options we offer is we do a pre-listing inspection. The reason why we do a pre-listing inspection is the inspection itself a lot of times is a second round for negotiations. And when I'm working for a seller, I don't want to have a second round of negotiations. Because there's a second round of negotiations after we've come to terms on the price and the terms, it never works out for the seller. A buyer never says, hey, you know what, I love this home so much or there's so much, it's in such great condition after my inspection, I want to give you more money for it. That's literally what I say. 
That's literally what I said. Hold it one second. Uh, we'll come back to Linda when the question. But that's what I say. And then I come back around and I say, I'm working for the seller. It's in the seller's best interest that we do not have a second round of negotiations. It's in the seller's best interest that we don't even have an inspection contingency on the offer. Any agent that doesn't do that, they're really working for the buyer. Now what I just do, that next agent, they'll say, hey, did you do a pre-listing inspection? No. Okay. They will just move on. But what's their mind telling them? That agent doesn't really work for the seller. Staging? I do the same thing with staging. Again, I'm demonstrating where I'm different. So I do the same thing for staging. I tell them the staging, I tell the stats. According to NAR, stage homes. And I say this every time. Stage homes sell 11% more money, 80% faster. You know what 11% more money is, seller, on your home? At 300000 11% more money on your home is 33000 That's just by staging. Now, I don't stage the home. I don't provide rentals. All I do is I pay one of my vendors to go there for two hours and walk through the home and give them suggestions. And again, why do I call them suggestions? Because if you make them, I've lost a listing by telling them these are all the things you have to do once my stager walked through. And she didn't list with me because she didn't have any money to do any of them and she was too proud to tell me that. So now I say these are suggestions. You can do all of them, you can do none of them. The reason why you give these suggestions is because I want you to make more money, sell higher and faster. That's the only reason. You can do all of them or none of them. Linda, did you have a question? When you do the inspection, do you also have a radon test done at the same time? I don't do the radon. We don't do the radon, and the reason why we don't do the radon in our marketplace, radon would be considered a defect and then would have to be disclosed. In our marketplace, our inspection, for the most part, is a matter of opinion. And then also on the inspection, I have it made out to me. I'm the one paying for it. It's made out to me. They're doing the inspection for me. It's my property. Jay, do you have a uh, special deal worked out with an inspector? Yes, I'm assuming. Okay. Absolutely. Can you talk Here, about that a little bit? I can. I'll, I'll do. I'll do one better. I'll tell you the conversation I had with them. Hey, Jeremy. Last year I took 144 listings. With that, I'd like to do a pre-inspection on all of them. I know you charge 350. I'd be willing to have you do all my pre-inspections on every one of my listings at 150, and I'll guarantee 100 of them a year. Would you do that? I mean, th think about it. These inspectors got to go out and chase realtors and find the ones that are doing buyers, buyer work, right? I'm guaranteeing them 100 inspections on my listings right up front. They just got to do my discount. It's like giving them a salary, and now they can go work on their bonuses with other agents. That's key. That's huge. A um, couple of things that I, that I, I want to add to the seller yeah. presentation. When I'm going through the house, I do the same thing. Go through the house. I'm really, I want them to tell me the things they really like about the house. Hey, what upgrades have you made? I want them to point them out. Again, those are things that I can weave in and sell when we're sitting down. Um, so make sure, you know, you're gathering information. Jay talked about gathering the information that he can sell on. So make sure you ask him more questions as you're going through that house. All right. Um, one other thing that we had, he talked about finding people's disk tests. We try and do that at the initial contact too, to the point where if my, me or my team feels that I need to bring my listing coordinator, Sarah, with me as one other person to kind of help me balance 
maybe my overconfidence, so which kind of sometimes comes across to some clients, so she will come with me sometimes, okay? One other thing I add in the presentation, too, it does talk about me, it does talk about the team, probably maybe a little bit more than Jay. I like to talk about myself a little more than Jay, which we all like to do that sometimes. Um, but I, I do the same thing. I say, hey, every, every one of us got to come in here and say nothing but great stuff about ourselves. But I add a lot about my team. I did not have that when we talk about changing presentations. Um, so I would go to a presentation before I added my team into it. I'd bring the file back, give it to my listing coordinator. And then I was confused of why the client kept calling me and calling me and calling me. All right, because I didn't talk about it in the listing presentation. They have to hear it multiple times. So I said, hey, when I bring your file back, it's going to go to Sarah. Sarah's going to call you to line up photography. She's going to line up property measurements. She's going to line up the stager. She will follow up with feedback. She's going to prepare your MLS proof. She does all that up front. All right, and she's going to help you with that. I'll be in communication with her, but it's just easier to get in touch with her. You got any problems on showings? That's going to be her. I will negotiate your contract. That's what I do. I'm going to negotiate your contract. That's what you want to hire me for, to get you the highest price in today's market. So I set the team up. As soon as we bring that file back, again, we use videos. We did first an email and a phone call, and that still was getting some of those calls, even though I added to the presentation, back to me. So we have phone call from Sarah. We have an email, and we also have a video. And the video introduces uh, my listing coordinator, too. So now I get zero phone calls until it's time to get that property on the market and start negotiating offers. So that process of introducing your team, because I've had some of my students ask the same thing. They're like, they still keep calling me. I said, these are the things you have to add so that they know that this is who's handling what on your team. We can't just assume that every one of our clients knows who to call on your team just because we know that, okay? So make sure we make it clear. And I think you have to do it in three formats. I think it needs to be a phone call. I think it needs to be an email. I think it needs to be a video and on your presentation. So make sure you're adding that if you haven't. Make a big deal about your team. I always say my success is because of my team. They focus on giving me the time to just focus on negotiations because that's what I'm good at. All right? And, so, and I go through the same scenario. Um, I actually basically paint the picture, and I say, have you ever been in the hospital? Yep. Who's the first person you talk to, even if you're in a rush, even if it's emergency? First person I talk to, receptionist. What does this receptionist usually do? So my presentation is really interactive. I'm asking these questions, and I'm literally going, what's the receptionist do? And I go like this, and I wait. If they're not going to get it really quick, then I say, the clipboard, questions. You notice how that's already happened. You've already talked to my receptionist. She's already asked you questions. Then what did you do? They had you go sit over here. Nurse came in. When did the doctor come in? What, back them out the process? So I kind of, because look at this, like, like, Dan, did you teach your daughter how to brush her teeth? Did you teach her one time and she had it for good? Okay, here's the crazy thing. My daughter's still 10 years old and I still have to tell her to brush her teeth sometimes. You guys, what Phil said there was so powerful. So powerful. He's got to program them on his process. If you don't program the seller on your process, guess what happens? You get to do the seller's process. And if you start taking the number of listings Phil has, Phil, would you like to do 300 different processes or one? No, just one. Makes it a lot easier. You have to program. Picture what? it as kids. When he's talking about programming, too, we program for referrals there. If they were referred in, we have a we, we need your help form in my, my listing package. We have it in the buyer package. We need your help form. I know we talked about it at a previous summit. It is in my file. So 
If they were referred to us to say, hey, this is kind of a testimony of the service you're going to be receiving, you know, our expectation is we great great service to you, you're going to refer us out. So Jay and I do the assumption close. We just after a presentation, we just go in and start going over the agreement and sign here. So our our we just do the assumption close. Sometimes we have some objections. I know you guys have ran into some objections. So we're going to do some quick role play, running short on time, on objections that you guys have dealt with and how you handle them. So we're going to do some table work. It'll take a few minutes for you guys to do that. Um, objections you've dealt with and how you've overcome them to get that listing agreement signed. Okay? If you have a really good objection and how you overcame it, raise your hand. So we're going to try and get the mic around. Really good objection over overcoming an objection. So this is a two-parter. So we were talking a lot about um, when they say they have other agents to interview. Um, you ask, well, is there anything else that I've missed? Anything else that would hesitate you from listing with me today? If they say no, then we say, well, I'll be happy to call the other agents and cancel. But with that, I do the that. other question I have is for the two of you is, do you like going first, middle, or last? To me, it doesn't make a difference. Doesn't it doesn't make, make a difference, difference to me. Either. Whenever, whenever we get it in the schedule, we'll get it done. My 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 goal is just go in there and get it signed. So, um, if, if I'm goal. first, I'm getting it signed. If I'm last, I'm getting it signed. You do not want to be two step on me. Yeah. You don't want to be a competing agent and have a two step because so, you won't get a chance. So one thing I just add to that, I'm like, really, do you want to go through this another hour? Do you want to sit through an hour of this again? That's what I, I ask them too. Like same thing when they're like when they have other agents. Do you want to if you, if there's if you like everything about it, there's nothing to add. Would you really want to sit through this for another hour? Hey Phil, share it with that one line about asking for the signature and if the buyer was sitting there because you told me that a couple of years ago and I've that line is in my presentation now if it comes up. And what are you saying? What part? Well, of it? With the part where you ask to you say I want to sign this and they say well no I want to think about it. And you talked about, well, what if there's a buyer here? Oh, yeah. So pretty much what I say when I'm in there, when I ask them, like, well, I'm not ready to sign. I said, well, you know, just so you know, I'm going to ask you a total of three times to, to sign this. We're going to keep having a conversation. I'm going to tell you three times. Because if I had a buyer sitting at your table and they were deciding between a few houses, would you want me to ask them more than once? What are they going to say? I have them answer. Are you, do you want me to ask a buyer more than one time that they want to make an offer on your house? Or do you want me to just let it go and not even ask them? Did the other agents not ask you to sign the document? I asked them that question. They're like, no, they didn't. So if you want me to close that buyer, sign here. Get the thing listed. Get it sold. It's a reinforcement process. For instance, if I asked you, if I threw you a life jacket and you were drowning, would you grab it? Yes. So you have, throughout the, throughout the presentation, you have multiple times where they're saying yes to you. It's a lot easier to get a yes when you're asking for them to sign and authorize and autograph the form, it's a lot easier to get a yes when you've already gotten yes seven, eight times throughout the process. Dan. Um, I want to do a quick role play with Jay. Go ahead. I, I am at advantage. I heard him say this, and I love it. So uh, I, I'm, the, I'm the seller, and I say, oh, hey, Jay, I like everything you're saying, but uh, I think I don't want to pay this, this much commission. I, I don't, I, I'm, that commission is hurting me. It's hurting you. Yeah, I, I don't want to pay that much. You don't want to pay this much commission. What are you suggesting, Dan? Oh, maybe something a little better. Like the other guy will charge me less. He'll charge you less? I wonder why that is. You think he needs to charge you less to get it? 
I don't know. Let me tell you this, Dan. My commission rate is 6%. Now, here's the thing about my commission rate. 6%, I don't negotiate on it. I'm a firm no on this. And here's why. Because I believe if I do anything less for someone else, or if I do less for you, here's how it affects my integrity. If you refer me your brother-in-law or your sister, and let's say they're better at negotiating than you are, and then I ended up giving them a discount of five, half a percent, how I, would you feel about me? I, I wouldn't like it. Would you refer me? No. So you're saying if I compromise on my integrity and give you a discount, that I probably wouldn't be liked or referred. Why would I ever compromise on my integrity? I, I get it now. Give, give me the pen. I thought that was great. I wrote that down when we were, when we were actually, I'm glad that Dan brought it up. When we were talking about this class, he brought up that line. Uh, uh, any other objections? All right. I'm going to go over a couple other ones that I use. Jay, you can. Then we're going we're gonna to quickly talk, touch on base on, on buyer presentations. And they say, we need more time. My response is, how many minutes do you need? All right. And they do the same thing. They laugh. Well, we need some time in private. Okay. I'm going to run outside real quick. Just come and get me when you're ready. I'm going to be in your front yard. All right. That's another line I use. All right. So use those. My, I will not leave. I've told them I won't leave until you sign something. All right, so just do everything you can to push them to sign. If not, worst case scenario, they'll laugh and you will get it signed later on. Okay, so make them laugh. Say some stuff like that. We're going to go to buyer presentation real quick. We only got a few minutes. Um, I'd love to, if we got a few minutes for some questions. So buyer presentation. If you're not doing a buyer presentation, it needs to be in your office. Your office needs to be ready. You need to have their name on the board when they come in. Have some water. Have some coffee. Have some snacks. If we just meet them at the house, we're pretty much doing what Open Door does. You might as well tell them to call Open Door. Okay? We have to add value. My whole buyer presentation talks about the team also. Talks about everything we do. That we're there making sure they get a good value. We're there making sure they get the house in this competitive market. Selling ourselves again. So make sure that you're doing that. All right? Make sure that you... If you're not doing a buyer presentation, mine is on my iPad also, okay? All my agents have it on their iPad. Worst, worst case scenario, if you have to do it at the house, you at least bring your iPad to the house, okay? Our goal is to have it in the office. Our market is pretty big, so there's times when we're in about an hour from our market, we will do it at the house, at Starbucks, somewhere else. Do a buyer presentation. If not, I mean, my conversion has gone skyrocket on buyers. If you can get face-to-face -face with them and not just like a normal agent that takes their information that's emails and properties. Do a buyer consultation, all right? One value to the core is your coach telling you to do something. 23 years of selling real estate, guess when I had a buyer presentation? After Dayton made it a homework assignment and told me he'd find me if I didn't do it. I did the buyer presentation in about two days later, and I probably had 30 hours on it. But I did it that fast because Dayton told me to do it. 23 years of doing this myself without the core, Never had one. Dayton tells me to do it once. I have one. If you don't get your listing signed, make sure you have a follow-up process. Jay's got his process on 135. Call, continue to follow up. Our goal is to get him signed there if we don't have a follow-up process, okay? So make sure you have sent up a follow-up process to do that. Um, we got a question right here. You said you use the line if someone says, I'm not going to sign anything today. No worries. I'm not going to ask you to sign anything today. No, no. It's not what I said. Be careful on the words. Uh, I said the last thing I will do uh, is ask you, the last thing I will do is ask you to sign anything. Now here's a couple, let me elaborate a little bit on this, a little bit. I'm a pretty serious person. 
So when I bring humor into my presentation, it is a pattern break. It caught them off guard, so they like it. That's when I bring I bring it back later. Hey, don't, no worries. The last thing I'm going to do today is ask you to sign anything. Now, when I go to ask them to sign something, remember how I told you the last thing I'm going to do is ask you to sign something? Now's the time I want your autograph. Got it. Here's the thing. Don't use words like contract. Use agreement. Don't ask for a signature. Ask for an autograph. Signature means you're binding me. Autograph means I'm famous. All right, I need you guys to turn the page 319. What I want you to do, and I know we're running short on time, I need you to write down three things that you're going to change on that initial contact in your presentation. Three things you're going to change, and you just need to do it. This is going to increase your conversion drastically. If I've given you three things that's going to change and increase your conversion, we need a five on page 319. Make sure you put realtor presentation. We do not want to get confused with that lender class, okay? All right, we want fives in our class, okay? Realtors rock. Give us a five. All right, thank you very much. Hey, we're around for questions. If you guys have anything else you yep. need, thank you very much. You've been listening to the Coors Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.lacourtraining.com.